This week, banking instability continues. Bad Bath & Beyond scraps preferred offering warns of potential bankruptcy. Xella, Carvana, Lumen among companies pursuing up-tier exchange transactions. Hello and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where you're bringing the latest developments in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. I'm David Zupkis. A bit of news for the regular podcast enjoyers. The America's Weekly Podcast and the Reorg Prime Reviews Podcast are merging. We can promise you that the merger will ensure listeners are getting the latest news in high-yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. Be on the lookout for the new podcast in the near future. It's Friday, March 31st. This week, the Senate Banking Committee and the House Financial Services Committee held a series of hearings to explore the regulatory response and fallout from the recent failures and subsequent takeover by the FDIC of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Federal Reserve Board Vice Chair for Supervision Michael Barr also disclosed that SVP and its holding company, SVP Financial Group, have been deemed not well-managed and deficient internal agency ratings. Barr told the committee that supervisors had rated SVP's governance and controls as deficient starting in the summer of 2022. Chair Mark Gruenberg noted that any losses incurred by the FDAC in relation to its coverage of uninsured deposits will be recovered by a special assessment on other banks. In SUV news, First Citizens Bank and the FDIC announced an agreement whereby First Citizens would assume $56.5 billion of deposits from SVB and acquire $72.1 billion in gross loans at a $16.5 billion discount. The acquisition includes Silicon Valley Bank's investment securities. As part of the transaction, First Citizens would enter into a five-year, $34.6 billion note with the FDIC. First Citizens and the FDIC would also enter into a five-year loss share agreement. Reargers compiled key metrics for eight regional banks and led the recent scrutiny of banks following the collapse of SVB. Reargers compiled key metrics for eight regional banks and led the recent scrutiny of banks following the collapse of SVB. Based on the compiled data, the larger regional banks that were analyzed with the exception of KeyCorp tend to have more than half their security portfolios invested in securities with maturities greater than 10 years. New initiations this week included Zion's, Bank United, KeyCorp, and Home Street. To access Reorg's in-depth coverage of each of these regional banks and more, please reach out to a Reorg representative. Bebeth and Beyond, Lumen, Excella, Small Direct Club, Carvana, Athletico, and Citrix Systems ran out this week's list of potential restructurings. Bebeth and Beyond terminated its preferred stock warrants equity offering. In a press release, the company also stated, simultaneously, the company is terminating its previous public equity offering and all outstanding warrants for Series A convertible preferred stock associated with that offering. The company launched a new $300 million at the market common stock offering, but after an amendment to its ABL facility, is now subject to a minimum specified equity proceeds covenant. If the company is unable to meet the minimum equity proceeds covenant, it would constitute an immediate event of default. Lumen Technologies disclosed early tender results for its up-tier exchange transaction. Based on the early tender results and upon issuance of the new Level 3 secured notes, REARC estimates that the company will have reduced the principal amount of unsecured notes by $1.535 billion, which will reduce the company's annual cash interest at Lumen by approximately $84.8 million to about $131.0 million from $216 million. The company said that it plans to issue $915 million of the new notes on Friday, March 31st, pursuant to the early deadline, which will incur $96.1 million of interest annually. Excella disclosed cleansing materials that the company had shared with various holders of its secured notes with respect to potential deleveraging or restructuring transactions. According to the term sheets, the restructuring would take the structure of an exchange offer with holders exchanging existing notes for new notes of the same tenor at 20% discount, but with a near-term pick feature and a modified collateral package. 
Smile Direct Club released the latest proposed term sheets exchanged between the company and note holders. The transactions contemplated a delayed draw term loan and up-tier exchange to provide additional liquidity to allow the company to continue executing on its growth and profitability strategy, albeit staggered as release of additional cash is dependent upon improving EBITDA. The additional liquidity comes at a time when the company's unrestricted cash was in a relatively steady decline in 2022, ending the year with $93.1 million in cash and total liquidity of $196.4 million. Carvena has offered to exchange up to $1 billion of its five tranches of notes for new 95 to 12% cash pick senior toggle secured lien notes to 2028 was DOA, or dead on arrival, as bondholders rejected the economics of the offer amid deteriorating financial performance for the auto retailer. Apollo and PIMCO are major holders of the company's debt. Atletico holding sponsor BDT Capital has injected $75 million of incremental first lien debt into the provider of orthopedic rehabilitation services, which the company plans to use to pay down its revolver. The debt was issued with interest at 15% pick, and although it is pari with the company's existing $875 million L plus $450 million first lien term loan, it's not fungible. The incremental debt shares a February 2029 maturity with the first lien term loan. Book runners for Citrix Systems' $3.95 billion SOFR plus 700 BIP second lien bridge loan began talking to a select group of funds late last year about a potential takeout of the software company's bridge loan, with new paper yielding about 14%. The structure and pricing have yet to be finalized, but the banks have some time as the bridge does not expire until October. However, in light of risks associated with the company, the yield could widen to as much as 16%. In court coverage, we take a look at Serta Simmons, Cineworld, Voyager Digital, Sun Edison, and Catalina Marketing. In a key litigation win for Serta Simmons, Judge David R. Jones concluded the company's 2020 up-tier exchange transaction was an open market purchase under the 2016 credit agreement. Section 9.50G of the 2016 credit agreement permits the company to make debt repurchases via Dutch auction open to all lenders or open market purchases. There is no ambiguity in my mind that the, exchange, that, the, that the exchange was an open market purchase, said Judge Jones, rejecting arguments from the non-priority term loan or non-PTL lenders left out of the transaction. The judge will give the non-PTL lenders an opportunity to amend their counterclaim and make arguments that the transaction violated the applied covenant of good faith and fair dealing. During a status conference on Tuesday, March 28th, Cineworld announced that it would be filing an RSA, a chapter of a plan, and cleansing materials. Counsel told the bankruptcy court that the RSA has the support of 83% of the prepetition secured legacy loan and 67% of the $2 billion dip financing and reflects an agreement with the ad hoc lender group and a global settlement with the official committee of unsecured creditors. Under the RSA, debtors counsel said that holders of allowed legacy facility claims would receive 100% of reorganized equity. In addition, the ad hoc group has agreed to committed first lien exit financing and a fully backstopped equity rights offering. Centerworld's lawyer said that the whole co-sale process has effectively terminated, but the debtors received several indications of interest for the rest of world business. Enforcement of the Voyager Digital confirmation order has been put on ice. A federal district court granted the U.S. government's request to stay the confirmation order while the government pursues its appeal of the plan. The appeal will focus on the plan's exculpation provision, which would shield parties' charges implementing the plan from liability from regulatory penalties. Voyager said that it intends to appeal the stay ruling to the Second Circuit. On the litigation front, the U.S. Commodity Futures Trading Commission launched a lawsuit against several Binance entities and senior management accusing Binance of intentionally evading regulation by the CFTC, despite actively soliciting and transacting with U.S. customers on commodity transactions since at least 2019. Binance's U.S.-based exchange, BAM Trading Services, or Binance U.S., is not a defendant in the lawsuit. In the Voyager Chapter 11 cases, the bankruptcy court has cleared Binance. 
After hearing arguments, a California court took under advisement Sun Edison's second lien loan arranger Deutsche Bank Securities motion for summary judgment on fraud and negligent misrepresentation claims brought by lender Assini SESL recovery. The case raises important issues for leveraged loan market participants, including enforceability of arranger non-alliance provisions and the application of New York's Champerty statute to claims brought by lender assinees. Catalina Marketing Corp., a St. Petersburg, Florida-based shopper intelligence marketing company, filed for Chapter 11 in the Southern District of New York. Debtors have proposed a prepackaged plan based on a restructuring support agreement supported by 100% of the company's pre-petition super-priority term lenders, more than 99% of subordinated first-out term lenders, and more than 99% of subordinated last-out term lenders. Debtors began soliciting votes from first-out and last-out lenders on the petition date. The plan would cut the debtor's secured debt by more than 70% to $110.4 million from approximately $370.4 million, including $36 million in super-priority term loans, $110.4 million in subordinated first-out term loans, and $224 million in subordinated last-out term loans. The RSA contemplates a 60-day restructuring process. Resolute Investment Managers and Rackspace Technology hired restructuring advisors this week. Firstly, lenders to Resolute Investment Managers and Irving, Texas-based asset management firm have hired Gibson Dunn as legal counsel and Ducera as financial advisor in light of the looming 2024 $552 million first-lien debt maturity. The firms are advising the company on options to refinance its loans, said sources, who note that lower stock prices and assets under management have transited to lower fees for the company. A cooperation agreement signed by a group of first-lien lenders to Rackspace Technology, Inc. has taken effect ahead of a possible restructuring or liability management exercise at the cloud computing company. The group is represented by Gibson Dennis Council and Centerview Partners as financial advisor. Top Bird Stories this week included Judge denies Zantac manufacturer defendant's motion to exclude California JCCP plaintiff's expert testimony and general causation. 11th Circuit affirms district court summary judgment ruling against former SIVA employees fiduciary breach claims against Apollo, SIVA. U.S. Bank asked Supreme Court to review in Second Circuit decision upholding the windstream confirmation unity settlement. Sixth Circuit affirms dismissal of Ruby Tuesday contract counterparty's tortious interference claims against Goldman Sachs. Finds hardball exercise of collateral transfer veto right not actionable. And now here's Kate Thomas from New York with the week ahead. Hi, this is Kate Thomas. And here are some highlights from a lighter holiday week ahead. The Revlon debtors start the week with their plan confirmation hearing. If approved, the plan would reduce the debtors' indebtedness by more than $2.7 billion, reduce annual interest expense by more than $200 million, and capitalize the debtors with $1.5 billion in new debt through exit facilities. The debtors' plan reflects several settlements including with the third out 2016 OPCO term lender group, the official unsecured creditors committee, and most recently, the hair straightening claimants. The U.S. trustee has objected to confirmation, challenging the plan's opt-out mechanism for third-party releases because they are not, quote, affirmatively consensual, unquote. Earlier today, Friday, the Sina World debtors scheduled a mysterious status conference to be held on Monday. At a status conference on Tuesday, March 28th, the Cinewall debtors announced that they had entered into a restructuring support agreement with, quote, 83% of the pre-petition secured legacy loan and 67% of the $2 billion debt financing, unquote. The RSA contemplates a comprehensive deleveraging transaction and reflects a settlement with the official unsecured creditors committee. At the March 28th status conference, 
The Cinderwell debtors said that they would be filing the RSA along with a plan, disclosure statement, and cleansing materials, but we haven't seen them as of this recording. Moving to Tuesday, the Loyalty Ventures debtors are scheduled to be in court for their second day hearing, seeking final approval of their $30 million intercompany dip financing from Bank of Montreal via Canadian affiliate Loyalty One. Pursuant to a recently announced settlement with Bread Financial Holdings, the debtor's former parent has agreed not to object to the final dip order. The settlement is reflected in the debtor's proposed plan, which is up for confirmation on April 27th. That's it for this week's preview. Have a great week and back to you, David. Thank you again for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all our podcasts on the reorg.com webinars and podcast page, as well as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Amazon. If your families are healthy and safe, have a great weekend and see you next Friday.